1: gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone gordon uh still on vacation he'll be back coming up tomorrow but right now let's talk some college football let's get out to the smart rain special guest line it's no secret that Utah utah's in an extreme drought currently that's why smart rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation find out more at smartrain.net. rain.net he is the editor-in-chief of the athletic college football he's Stuart mandel with us here on the big show hi Stuart. thanks for a few minutes Thanks for having me. So we have a lot of ground to cover uh, with you, with camps right around the corner, and of course, uh, what's going on around college football. And I want to start with uh, Oklahoma and Texas bolting uh, the story that continues to evolve even today. But uh, your thoughts on, on I, I guess, this groundbreaking movement and, and where we see it going?
2: It's knock up on all of us. Um, you know, it's certainly um, you know with. with the benefit of hindsight makes a lot of sense, certainly for those schools and of course for the SEC. Um, but you know, in, in the after what happened in 2010 and 2011 across the country, I said nothing. Nothing in realignment surprises me anymore. Um, the thing that surprised me this time, though, was that, that you know this, this TV deal, the Big 12, not up until 2025. So for them to be doing this now um, has kicked the dominoes into effect a lot sooner than I think people were ready for. So, um, you know, obviously the big news is they're going to the SEC, but we're all more focused, I think, on what's going to possibly be next. And um, because my gosh, we saw a whole conference just wiped out um, with these two schools going to the SEC. The Big 12 that's left is not a power conference. And it's not completely clear what those schools are going to be able to do to keep that status.
1: Well, hey, let me ask you about ESPN and what role they are playing in all of this. That's kind of the, the broad question. Uh, but what also did you think about Bowlesby and the Big 12 sending them a cease and desist in a move that uh, was was interesting, to say the least?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, pretty, pretty shocking to see uh, a commissioner send a letter like that to a network that is their current partner that they work with currently. Um, I think it was a signal of what their strategy is going to be from here which is to dig in and make sure that OU and Texas pay them every penny that they owe them. Um, You know, there's been some thought that, you know, many people, myself included, can't imagine that they're going to play another four years in that conference after what they just did to the other eight schools, that they'll negotiate some sort of early exit. And the message from Bob Bowlesby there was, uh, you know, they they can do that, but they're going to pay their full exit fees and insinuating that, There's some sort of collusion going on between the AAC and ESPN to do something that would essentially cause the Big 12 to dissolve, at which point OU and UT would be free to leave um, without paying a penny. And clearly they are readying for a pretty prolonged legal battle, I would imagine.
1: Stuart, I apologize for breaking in with some breaking news not related to, to college football, but real quick here, uh, Sham Sarania's free agency opens up in basketball. Uh, reporting that Michael Conley Jr. has agreed to a three-year, sixty-eight million dollar deal to return to the Utah Jazz. So, some some big news around here. You're not an NBA guy, Stuart, but any thoughts? Michael Conley, Jazz are pretty good last
2: year. <laughs> I mean, I don't. You're probably going to need to hang up with me now. It's much bigger news <laughs> there than uh, what's going on with OU in Texas.
1: Well, uh, we will uh, we will uh, uh, tread on with you, Stuart. If you don't mind, we've been looking forward to, to having this conversation. We'll get to the Conley news uh, a little bit uh, a little bit down the line. But um, what what is your thoughts on the the trickle down effect of this? You've you've talked a little bit about it with the Big Twelve, but I mean, does the Big Ten respond? I mean, does the the Pac twelve do anything? I mean, long term, where where does the next movement come from?
2: It's a fascinating chess game you're going to see playing out now because. I don't think that anybody other than the remaining Big 12 schools have to do anything. You know, the Big 10 is a very, very successful conference financially with the 14 schools that they have. And does the SEC get better with OU and Texas? Yes, but they're already the best conference. They already recruit the best. Like, I don't think this does any, you know, tangible damage to the other leagues. But nobody wants to be the next one that gets poached. And so everybody's going to be looking around warily thinking, well, you know, if you're the Pac-12, we have a pretty good lineup now. We have a new TV deal coming up soon. We're all going to make a lot more money. We don't really need to expand. But, uh-oh, what if somebody comes after USC? Maybe we need to expand to make it a better, bigger conference before that happens. So it will be very interesting to see once the dust settles here a little bit. I think everybody's still a little shell-shocked. Whether yeah, I could see it going, you know, any possible outcome. We could see you know, massive changes, massive restructuring. We could see very little at all. I just know that it's a lot different than it was 10 years ago when Rutgers was, you know, when the Big Ten wanted Rutgers in Maryland or the SEC wanted Missouri, everybody was very fixated on cable households. And with cord cutting being what it is, with everything moving towards streaming, it's just not a factor anymore. And that's why you know, OU Texas is a blockbuster. There aren't really many realistic moves another conference can make that are like that. Um, the, the number of programs that generate that kind of buzz and bring that kind of value is very small. And I just don't think you're going to see one of the power conferences expand just to add two more teams or add four more teams. They're going to have to be particularly noteworthy teams.
1: Stuart Mandel is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. With that in mind, uh, we were uh, I was down at Pac-12 Media Day last week and we had a chance to have uh, Commissioner Klyavkov on the station, and uh, he told us that everybody—we asked him if everybody in the in the conference was happy, you know, if everybody was happy with the direction it was going, and as you would expect, his, his answer was yes.
2: Um, do you believe that? <laughs> I think that everybody was unhappy when Larry Scott was still the right. commissioner. There was a <laughs> lot of angst. Now I think people are feeling hopeful again because the new commissioner, at least so far, is saying all the right things. You know, the fact is most of the Pac-12 schools are, you know, Stanford, Cal, these are schools that that are totally wed to the West Coast. I don't think they would ever look to go anywhere else. You know, I think this round of realignment, like I said, is going to be driven by the big names. The one you have to make sure is truly happy is USC. Um, Because USC is probably the only program in the Pac-12 that has the cachet to do something like what OU and UT UT just did. And, you know, I, I think they're happy in terms of, they're with the kind of schools they want to be with, um, and so on and so forth. But their fans expect them to win national titles. Clay Hilton is a is not very popular coach because they haven't come close to competing for the national title under him. And the schools that you compete against the national title for, two of them are Oklahoma and Texas. A bunch of others are in the SEC, and they all are about to get a lot richer. And so, what can you do to assure USC that you can bring in more revenue, get more exposure? and you guys will be able to compete at that elite level while still being a member of the Pac-12.
1: Stuart, uh, you did a, a piece I thought was really great uh, up at The Athletic. The headline is, uh, They Have to Want to Win, How to Save the Pac-12 for the Sake of College Football, and you go through kind of a five-point plan. I would encourage everybody to jump on and read it, but uh, give us kind of the gist on, on what you think uh, the new commissioner and, and what the, the, big, the Pac-12 has to do to increase its value.
2: Yeah, and that article, I wrote that in April, so before they chose the commissioner that they did. I, you know what?
1: I had not I had not read it then, but you had it pinned to the top of your Twitter account, so I jumped yeah. on it and read it and, it, and it was great, so I wanted to bring it up with you today because I, I no, thought I it's exactly it. what I we're talking still,
2: about. It's still very relevant, um, you know, and, and, the, and I say that because a lot of the things that I wrote in that article, you've noticed from his introductory press conference, from his address at Paxwell Media Day's, address that very thing, the idea that they just don't take football seriously enough among the Paxwell presidents and within the conference. And, you know, it's the conference of champions, and they should be proud of all the, how well they do in the Olympics, how well they do in the non-revenue sports. But ultimately, you're judged by football and men's basketball. They had a great tournament, obviously, men's basketball this year, but they haven't gotten a lot of exposure in that sport. And certainly football, they've been kind of a laughingstock recently. And so at, his message seems to be pretty universally. Everything we do going forward is going to be make sure we have playoff teams and national champions in football. And so he's already checked off the first uh, item on my list. Um, but clearly they need to get a handle on, um, you know, it's very important that they continue to support this expanded playoff because I think they need that. Um, they need to figure out in recruiting how to keep the best players from the West Coast on the West Coast, in particular the quarterbacks, keep going to the Oklahomas, Alabama, the Clemsons. And, and then I said in that article then, and we're seeing it play out already, like NIL is something that can can be to their benefit um, because the markets they're in. And I think we've already seen a couple of examples of that. Uh, at Patchwell Media Days, actually, Keaton Flovis talked about he, he is being represented by the same agency as LeBron James for his marketing. Kaylon Thibodeau, the big Oregon defensive end, has a, a deal with Phil Knight. Um, everybody, when they talk about NIL, fears that the Alabamas and whatnot are going to have an unfair advantage because of the boosters, but, you know, you've got some markets in L.A. and Oregon and Arizona and the Bay Area that have a lot of influencers, and I think the Pac-12 should really embrace an IL.
1: So I want to ask you uh, your expectations for Utah. They bring a, a ton of players back, particularly on defense. They uh, will likely start a transfer of quarterback in Charlie Brewer from Baylor, and, uh, you know, we were talking before he came on about how competitive we expect the Pac-12 to be. Uh, what do you expect out of the Utes this year?
2: I think they've got as much a chance to win that division as anybody. Um, Charlie Brewer could turn out to be the, one of the best um, grad or, or best, best transfer portal pickups anybody had. and it's just so rare in this. You we know, have this unusual season where guys are, are fifth year starters, and that's what he is—a fifth year, you know, Power Five starting quarterback. It's a huge pickup for them, um, and and that's obviously not the only position where they tapped into the portal. Um, the hard thing with the Pac-12 right now to handicap anybody. Is that they barely played last year? So you're looking at a Utah team, and you're judging them off four or five games from last year, and you just you just don't know, <laughs> you know, have they played the rest of the season? What would have happened one way or the other? But all indications are that you know last year is supposed to be a rebuilding year. That rebuilding year got got cut in half, uh, but it is what it is, and now you're coming out the other side of it and a chance to be right back in contention like they were in 2018 and 2019.
1: Uh, Stuart, thank you very much for jumping on with us and giving us a few minutes. We really appreciate the insight.
2: All right. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. That's Stuart Mandel, uh, Editor, editor in chief of uh, the athletics college football coverage, and uh, excited. We were excited to have him on the show today. Um, I mentioned there there was some breaking news. I hate to interrupt a, a college football guest to uh, to give NBA news, but of course, it was uh, it was what we all expected. Uh, the Utah Jazz and uh, free agent Mike Conley have agreed to a three year, sixty eight million dollar deal. Uh, to return to the Jazz. We'll find out uh, if there, you know, obviously any additional information to that, uh, that contract as far as uh, what per year, uh, if there's a, uh, a player or a team option for year number three. I would guess there would be a player option in year number three, uh, but not sure. But that is, uh, that is the breaking news from Shams Shirania. Um, that uh, Michael Conley Jr. will be back with the Utah Jazz again, three-year, $68 million contract. Um, not surprised in the slightest. Uh, the money seems about, like, right in the middle of where we thought and we're hearing it could possibly be. And then what uh, I was fairly certain was going to happen is the, the length of the deal at three years is uh, is what you expected. I mean, that's really the advantage that Jazz had to play or or, you know, Certainly, if they wanted Michael Conley back, that was something that they could put put out there that maybe other teams would be a little bit more hesitant given the uh, the age and the position that uh, that Michael Conley plays. But the Jazz needed to bring him back uh, for, for a variety of reasons, of course, first and foremost, as we've talked about so much and we talked about with Sarah Todd earlier today, uh, that uh, they wouldn't be able to use this money if he left. Uh, that's what happens when you're over the tax. You can uh, re-sign your own guys. Uh, but uh, it's not like, uh, you know, if they were under the cap, they could use that money elsewhere. They can't in this situation. So, you know, it would be impossible to replace Mike Conley from a talent and production standpoint, impossible, uh, without uh, really um, significant changes to the rest of the roster. So it was really critical um, that they get him back into the fold, and that's exactly uh, what they did, and they've got him signed up for uh, for another three years. Um Michael uh, is uh, obviously he's been here for a couple of years and had a chance to find out what Salt Lake, Utah, and the Utah Jazz are are all about and agreed to re-sign here. But I think you know when it comes to Utah and the reputation around the league, I think any time that you can convince somebody and this sounds terrible, I know, but convince somebody who would have other options and who is a free agent to either stay or come here or whatever the case may be, I think it's really, really important as far as uh, sending a message to the rest of the league. And I I think it's ridiculous that we have to have these conversations, but we do. The the amount of free agents, significant free agents that, that had other options that would come here or choose to come here, there aren't that many examples of them. There are just not. You think there would be, and they're not. And so here's a guy Michael Conley Jr certainly could have uh, had options maybe not this lucrative but had options others other places and was a free agent and made the decision to stay I think it's a big deal I thought it was a, a big deal when Jordan Clarkson made the 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 same decision last year it, w- it was a big deal when Joe Johnson came here a few years ago when he could have gone other places but wanted to to come here to play uh, with the roster that the Jazz have put together and listen I I think you know it makes a lot of sense while Michael Conley would want to stay here. um, I would guess that it's fun to play with a guy like Rudy Gobert who can erase a lot of mistakes on the defensive end. And as uh, Mike gets older and, you know, the, the, the point guards in the Western conference are still really, really good to play with a player like Rudy Gobert who can uh, cover up some things. Uh, I, I think would be attractive. It goes back to one of the reasons that I always was surprised that Gordon Hayward decided to leave this, uh, this jazz team because uh, Rudy Gobert is a good player to play with because you don't overlap. He's not going to take away your touches. He's going to cover up for a lot of mistakes. He's going to automatically mean your team has a good defense so a lot of a lot of good reasons to want to play uh, with Rudy Gobert, not to mention the, the connection that Michael Conley and, and Rudy made last year where they were an extraordinarily productive duo. Pretty much every minute that Mike was on the floor, Rudy was on the floor. It, it was quite intentional. The Jazz wanted to play those two players together, and I think it was an extraordinarily fruitful relationship. And I also think Mike takes pressure off of Donovan Mitchell because Donovan doesn't have to be the ultimate playmaker all of the time. Now, when Mike isn't there, uh, as he was uh, not at times in the playoffs, I mean, that makes things difficult. We saw exactly how difficult things can get for Donovan Mitchell, because the Jazz just don't have a whole lot of ball handling and a whole lot of playmaking. You know, it's, it's Donovan Mitchell, Michael Conley, Joe Ingles, and then in a different way, of course, Jordan Clarkson. I don't include him necessarily on in, in this conversation because his role is a, a little bit different and the way he plays isn't necessarily what Mike brings to the table even though Jordan is is certainly a good playmaker and ball handler a little bit more of a playmaker for himself that bench unit coming in in fuego scoring that sort of thing but you know the jazz need Um, other players who are capable of getting the blender going of of getting the jazz into their offense where they're so effective the reason the the Clippers were so effective against the jazz because the Clippers were able to get the jazz out of what they want to do offensively and able to get them out of what they wanted to do defensively and I think uh, a lot of that had to do with the absence of of Mike Conley and that they didn't have multiple ball handlers that could get them into their offense. I think it really affected the Jazz in transition. And so him coming back, I think, is a huge story. I think it's a huge deal. Again, the deal is three years and $68 million to come back uh, to the to the Utah Jazz. Now it'll be interesting to see what they do. As, uh, as Sarah Todd told us uh, when she joined us at the top at the 3 o'clock hour, the Jazz will now have the Taxpayer exception, which is right around five million bucks, to go out and do something with. Maybe they sign a player uh, using all of that. Maybe they divide it between a couple of players. It'll also uh, be interesting to to keep an eye out on on what's going on um, with the uh, the veteran minimum players as well. Um, so free agency is is underway. And real quick, uh, just to uh, to review on uh, a few things that are they're going on out there as the news has has really come. Uh, fast and furious as we expected it. Uh, But let's start here. Alonzo Ball agrees to a four-year $85 million deal with the Chicago Bulls. That, according to his agent, that is expected to be a sign-in trade. Uh, So uh, uh, the Pelicans will get some sort of compensation there. We'll we'll keep you up to date as uh, details become uh, uh, more available. Tim Hardaway Jr. has agreed to a four-year $72 million deal to return uh, to Dallas, um, Boban is reciting with Dallas as well. Uh, Boban Marjanovic, uh, he is going back to the Mavericks. Um, five-time All-Star Jimmy Butler expected to agree to a maximum contract extension with the Heat. So he can't make that official until August the 6th. Uh, Butler's deal is uh, expected to be four years and in the neighborhood of 100 and 84 million dollars oh i apologize just a minute ago we do have uh, an update uh, on the details to the chicago bulls deal with lonzo ball the bulls are going to send uh, thomas sadaransky garrett temple and a second round pick to new orleans so uh, lonzo uh, going to the bulls um uh, Jamichael Green has agreed to a two-year, seventeen million dollar deal to return to the Denver Nuggets. A restricted free agent, uh, Jarrett Allen, agreed to a five-year, one hundred million dollar deal to go back to the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so those are uh, the latest. All of those uh, coming from uh, Sham Sharania, as uh, as we see things uh, happening already. NBA free agency, and of course the big ne- uh, the big deal uh, in regards to the Utah Jazz, Michael Conley coming back three years, $68 million. Uh, We will get to uh, more of that, more thoughts on that. Uh, We might get to a little what's going on coming up right around the corner as well. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: No choice but to hear you. You stated your case time and again. I thought about it. You treat me like I'm a princess. I'm not used to like this is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Presented by Big O Tires with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust.
1: It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. Let's give away some tickets. You call it 12 right now 855 340 Zone, and we're going to let you pick. Whether you want to go see uh, 311, Kiss, Lady A, or Alanis Morissette, be caller 12 right now, eight five five three four O zone Get your tickets to these and other live shows at LiveNation.com. But uh, be caller 12 right now, eight five five three four O zone Okay, uh, we will be following. We're going to get to what's going on and uh, we'll we'll continue some college football talk here in a second. But we will keep you up to date with everything that's going on as far as free agency goes. Now, Michael Conley, that was the big news. Uh, It came out just minutes into free agency. Uh, He's uh, going to be uh, re-signing with the Utah Jazz. Now, um, Sham Sharania reported that it's a three-year $68 $68 million deal. Adrian Wojnarowski reported that it's going to be a three-year, $72.5 million deal. Everybody's saying, uh, well, what's the difference there? And the answer is likely incentives um, that uh, the contract could be worth as much as $72.5. But baseline is at 68 That's where I guess the discrepancy would be. But we will uh, find out for sure when the uh, deal is signed, I believe, on Friday, so um, both reports are likely correct, just depending on, uh, on how you look at it. A couple of other notables uh, that we did not get to in the last segment. How about this? Alec Burks going to sign a three-year, $30 million deal to stay with the New York Knicks. And as our guy Ben Anderson of KSL Sports pointed out, that uh, at the end of this deal when Alec is done, he will have made $90 million in his career. That's a heck of a career for uh, that guy Alec Burks. Um, so you got to feel good for him is absolutely one of the good guys. Um, uh, he was awesome uh, to cover when he was here with the jazz. So, uh, feel good for him signing three year, $30 million deal there to stay in New York. And, uh, there are multiple reports out there also that, uh, Kyle Lowry as part of sign and trade will be headed to Miami, but, uh, we'll see what kind of compensation Toronto is able to get, uh, with that sign and trade. So there's the latest, um, well, actually, one more thing, because this was just announced by the NBA as well. We have the official numbers on the cap number as well as the tax number. So the uh, for 21 the salary cap will be 112.4, and the tax number will be 136.6, which is uh, what we expected. And the Jazz will once again be a tax-paying team. Um, Resigning Mike Conley pretty much confirms that. So there's the big deals uh, so far when it comes to NBA free agency. And, of course, uh, we will keep you up to date on the latest as the show goes along. Jonathan Reinhart will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. But uh, right now, let's get to what's going on. Let's check in with uh, DJ and PK. We had Stuart Mandel on talking college football in the last segment. DJ and PK uh, talked about fallout from Pac-12 Media Day.
3: Did it just reinforce – The thoughts you went down there with or did you hear something made you think, hey, I'm taking this player, this coach, this team a little more seriously. I'm keeping an eye on them or conversely. Oh, my gosh. I had my doubts, but now I know these guys are in trouble. Well, Sun Devils suck. So that's for sure. Uh, One thing. Are you serious here? Are you just being self-deprecating?
4: No, they don't suck. Okay. I mean, they're the same team every year. All right, they? that's what I thought.
0: But I just asked you; you got something? Although, and a the reason, reason the reason you know, with
4: them is
3: because they've got all this swirling stuff about investigation. If you heard something, made you think, "Oh boy, this really is going to mess up this season." I, no. I don't think that in no. the in the immediacy, I don't know
4: that that's that okay. big of a deal. All right, so that was self-deprecating but throwaway line. Their team is their team, right? I mean, I, I don't understand all the angst against. Or all the praise for Herm Edwards. I mean, he's fifteen and thirteen against D one competition. I mean, <laughs> they've been playing five hundred ball for years, and yeah, they're playing five hundred yeah, ball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, right. but one thing that struck me, and we went through all the guys, right, and all the teams, and I researched, uh, like I always do. Probably did a little bit more this year. Uh, circumstances dictated that I speak more, so I felt like I needed to be even more prepared. Uh, but one no. thing that's that i have a th- a thought that i think is might ring true probably could ring true we go through all these returners and and these players that we saw glimpses of last year and how they're going to be <clears throat> but the one thing that we don't necessarily account for to the level that we should or might because there's mystery there is the transfer portal and how many of these guys are going to come in and make a significant difference? It's hard to judge. Last year at this time, we're all geeked on Bentley. He didn't do much. So now we're be- geek- geeked on Charlie B. All right. Uh, but the, what do I really know? And Howard's coming over, and I watched him play for UC Los Angeles, and he went to Oklahoma, and now he's a receiver here. And so we get caught up on these big names. And I can remember years ago here in uh, with the Utes, they had a running back from SC who transferred. From SC, he's coming here. 2,000 yards, Heisman <laughs> Trophy. And I don't even remember his name.
3: Uh, was it the kind of slender guy who was here for like seven years? I don't remember
2: okay.
4: <laughs> but he didn't do a whole lot that was a Mountain West era move and I'm blanking on his uh, name so my point is we get excited about these teams and we look at coming back but these transfer guys we're not really sure we think we know but we're not sure we're less sure because they're coming in some of them just coming in for one season and then they're going to be gone and so I'm wondering how much will the transfer portal have a major effect. You look at the University of Arizona, right? And I was we were down there the other day with Jake Scott and I was saying every team in this conference has a level of expectation. Now, it's different. Some are different than others. But every team with the exception of Arizona should be thinking at least minimally bold. Every team Every All the 11 other teams, if they don't make a bowl, that will be a disappointment. And to one level, I mean, obviously, if SC doesn't make it, Clay Helton's out the door, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but Oregon State and Washington no, State at different levels. Right?
3: Yeah, that, that, those would probably be the two biggest reaches in my mind. But that's me sitting here
2: inside.
3: Colorado? Right. Well, the, Colorado UCLA. had that great start, and it's fool's gold if they go out and but go 4 it. But you're based on last year. I know. And I, last but year, I'm still, hesitant to, they, to make proclamations. I get that, but inside a building, after that, you won games. You expect to yeah, win, but yeah. But yet,
4: Sam Neuer leaves. He's their quarterback. He's second team All Conference, and he leaves, Huge and he hit. goes to Oregon yep. State. Now, Oregon's home for him, and so what does that mean? So, Oregon State is getting a transfer. So it works both ways. You get a, you can get a transfer, but you can also lose somebody to transfer. You know, and Howard's going to come in here for a receiver, but yet Thompson, every year we're looking for him to explode, and we're thinking, all right. And then he leaves and he goes down to Tempe. What's he going to do there? So that's something that the Devils get somebody and the Utes lose somebody, but yet they get another guy to replace them, but how good is he going to be? And you look at Arizona, they had 16 kids transfer out, including their quarterback, but they had nine transfer in. And you get kids from Michigan and Notre Dame, and you start thinking, oh, man, they're from there, and you're going to come here? Well, surely you'll be able to play. I don't think Arizona's going to go 0-12. Who are they going to beat? I don't think they're going to go 0-9. Who are they going to beat? They're going to beat somebody? They're going to surprise somebody? It's not out of the realm. So there's so much unknown. Then you throw in the transfer deal. What do we really know about these running backs from Oklahoma and LSU that the U-tab? have? All right, that's Oklahoma and LSU, man. That sure catches your eye, right? And are they going to be able to do it? Are they that good? They just didn't get a chance. I mean, the, that those two programs have premium talent. We know that. So are these kids, Curry and Pledger, are they are they that good? And they just they just need a shot? And at Utah, because of the circumstances of the unfortunate tragedy with uh, Ty Jordan and then the other guys, they didn't think they were going to play, so they all took off. And so it's a unique set of circumstances here. And the door is wide open, metaphorically speaking, as far as some kid to take it and run through it and get the ball and Literally run through it. Is it going to be either of these two kids? I don't know. Where does it? Where do they fit in? How do they fit in? And that's just the Utes. And I can go down the list with a bunch of other teams. SC had guys leave. Carr, I thought was going to be a great running back for them. Well, where do he go? Nebraska is that where? I believe you are correct. Yeah. Stephen Carr, remember him? I uh, do. Yeah. I thought he was good. And right. I was surprised yet he was leaves, gone. Right, yeah. yeah. And so what does that mean? But they got other kids that come into the program.
3: And, and they have a history of bringing people in, and maybe he just saw the writing on the wall. So maybe there's somebody who's about to blow up, and he made a smart yeah, decision, p- even though we think he's good.
4: And plus they were passing offense now. That's a he, factor, clearly. And so yeah. how does that Not- factor in? And I could go through every single team and look at kids coming into the program, kids leaving the program, uh, what and is what that going about, to be?
3: And what you say about last year, this funky mini-season that they played, which means there's essentially two recruiting classes waiting to break out, plus the transfers, that's a whole lot more fresh faces and doubt than we normally have. J and PK
1: talking about uh, Pac-12 Media Day. PK and I were down there, what to expect uh, coming up uh, this year in the Pac-12. And, yeah, I think it's going to be uh, – a not top-heavy conference. I think there are a lot of teams that are going to be good. Of course, there's uh, still some uh, doubt, and there's certainly uh, some things that could go wrong with a lot of programs. But, you know, I expect Utah to be good, finish toward the top of the league, but there are a lot of other programs out there, too. You can make an argument that are going to be pretty good. And uh, as usual uh, in the Pac-12, somebody will be better than we think, and uh, likely uh, somebody will fall short and be worse. But uh, that's the thing with Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, everybody uh, is in a good mood. All right, we'll get to uh, more coming up next. We have the not sports report. Uh, we also uh, have the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it is the big show. Big news of the day: Michael Conley, uh, according to Shams and Woj, have agreed uh, to return or has agreed to return to the Utah Jazz. A, a three-year deal that could be worth between sixty-eight and uh, seventy-two and a half million dollars. Uh, Certainly, we expect, uh, depending on uh, incentives. We'll get to the Nod Sports sport coming up next. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 97.5,
0: 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Presented by Big O Tires with the lowest price on every tire every day. With no credit needed, financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. I recommend walking around
1: naked in your living room. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. It is Monday. And that means it's time for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855 zone Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 850. <coughs> Excuse me. And you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Only here on the Zone Sports Network. Um. We will uh, get to the Not Sports Port coming up here momentarily. Of course, Not Sports Port brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out, lhmusedcars.com. Uh, big news just coming out moments ago from Adrian Wojnarowski as the free agent news comes fast and furious. Uh, Chris Paul has agreed to stay with the Phoenix Suns on a new four-year deal that could be worth as much as $100. And twenty million dollars, um, according to his agent. Uh, wow, big payday for Chris Paul. Four years, hundred four or one hundred twenty million dollars. That will uh, keep him under contract until he is forty. So how about that? Cashing in and staying with Phoenix Suns. If you are just joining us. Uh, there were reports uh, about 40 minutes ago, 30, 35 minutes ago. Mike Conley will be staying with the Utah Jazz. A new deal, three years uh, we're somewhere between 68 and 72 and $72.5 million. Dollars. So Michael Con- uh, Conley not going anywhere. We will keep our eyes on the fodder. Um, and what happens in free agency, if there are any other moves that Jazz make today, we will uh, pass that along to you. As soon uh, as uh, as we find out ourselves. So stay tuned. Jonathan Reinhardt of the Salt Lake City Stars is going to join us, their president. And of course, he puts on the Salt Lake Summer League here, which gets going tomorrow. We're going to talk to him coming up at the top of the five o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that. But uh, Not Sports Report comes from Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, a guy was uh, there at the zoo and uh, was hanging out and uh, decided that uh, he wanted to uh, taunt a Jaguar. By the way, Eric, how do you pronounce that word? Uh, are you Jaguar, Jaguar, Jagwire, Jaguar, some people say? Where are you at on that?
5: I would say Jaguar, the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: That's what I say, too, but I've been lectured by people who tell me it's Jaguar.
5: I think, I think maybe if you're talking about the car Jaguar but I think if it's the football team it's the Jacksonville Jaguars
1: but it's the same word
5: yeah but you know words have different contexts
1: but it's the same word referring to the same animal
5: yeah but in a different context
1: not really one is a car named after the animal the other is a team named after the animal
5: I feel like if you're a British person you say Jaguar and if you're an American person. You should say Jaguar.
1: Okay, but uh, but uh, okay, all right. But still, the British pronounce it garage, and we pronounce it garage. But I don't like if if you buy a Jaguar, do you have to put it in your garage? Maybe. I don't write the rules. This is a dumb one. I'm going with Jaguar. I'm mean, no. I'm gonna go with Jaguar. Yeah, I would
5: go with that Jaguar. The Jacksonville Jag- the Jaguars.
1: jaguars. All right, so this guy's uh, taunting this jaguar. That just that doesn't feel right uh, at a at a Florida zoo, and uh, the guy uh, decided to climb over a waist high safety barrier that puts about four feet of empty space between visitors and the jaguar's exhibits fence. So the guy climbed over that, uh, continued to taunt the animal further. And uh, they the reached his hand through the fence. A 12-year-old big cat named Harry swiped at the man and injured him. Um, apparently, the, uh, the, the feline was just uh, defending itself. Officials did confirm that Harry, this big cat, was involved in a fight that left another jaguar dead earlier this year. Um, zoo officials don't plan to pursue criminal charges against the injured man. Why not? I think he should be thrown all the way into the exhibit and and made to stay there for a, a period of time. I mean, I just I see I don't I don't understand the um, motivation for this. I don't get it. And can you explain it to me? You're you're from the generation Eric that that eats Tide Pods or whatever. But what <laughs> why why would anybody uh, jump into a wild animal cage or in this case close enough to stick their hand through the fence?
5: People are idiots, generally.
1: Is that all this is? Just a just a moron.
5: I think idiots exist everywhere. Me included, uh, but I wouldn't stick my hand. Yeah, yeah, through but it, right, right. Know.
1: Yeah, I think uh, insane people exist everywhere. Your idiotic behavior is just uh, like. People in their twenties shenanigans, right? Just uh, bad decisions that yeah. you, you re- regret the next day that everybody else makes. I don't see you jumping into a wild animal exhibit. No, I like like uh, I could see you. There's a, a doing there, some interesting things, but that that's not one of them. But there's a there are tier levels
5: of idiots. This is this guy's a more advanced idiot. This guy can. This guy. What possesses somebody to jump into a cage with a wild animal? I don't know that that confuses me, Jake. I'll tell you that because I I, I, uh, I for one am afraid of most animals and uh, would not do that. It seems like a dumb thing to do.
1: Yeah, it does. And it's one thing. What, what was the uh, the Harambe thing where a kid fell in? Oh right? yeah, yeah. Which which is that's different. Not terrific parenting, but you can you can kind of see it, right? You know, yeah. you turn your back for a minute, all of a sudden the kid falls in, and that was a a terrible story. Where they had to kill the gorilla. But, Rest in peace but, to our sweet Prince Harambe. But this is just some moron who's like, hey, let me get close to this cat. I bet I can get my hand through there. And he's ta- he's taunting it, and then he gets hurt when the cat swipes at him. I think he should be, like, I, I, thrown all the way in there.
5: And then I bet that that same guy's like, well, well why'd I get mauled by a jaguar?
1: <laughs> yeah, this guy's going to turn around and sue the zoo. You know that's happening. Well, why, why did my hand get bitten off by a jaguar? Oh, that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. So there you go. Whatever you do, you know, Hogel Zoo, wonderful. I've had a chance to go to the zoo more frequently now that I have young children. And uh, at no point, not once, did I think to myself, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this bear display. And by the way, with the zoos, I mean, at least at Hogel Zoo, they're pretty good at making this not an option for people. Right. Maybe that's a good idea for the Jacksonville Zoo. Maybe— Maybe you just make this not an option, like the the jaguar, whatever it is, exhibit at Hogel's, Zoo. There's, there's. It's a, glass, right? It's closed and plexiglass, and like yeah. there's the idiot or no, there's no way anyone's getting anywhere near that cat. Yeah, I don't.
5: So it was just fencing that was there. There was it a gap. There like was like
1: a there was like a, a a railing or whatever, and then four feet, and then the fence. So, four feet meaning you some moron couldn't reach over the railing and get to the fence, but this guy jumped over the railing and put his hand through the fence.
5: Uh, it might be, yeah, I mean, that documentary Tiger King, for as entertaining as it was, I don't think it gave I think some people watched that and thought, oh man, it'd be cool to, you know, get involved with one of these animals.
1: The absolute under, the 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 only thing I took from that stupid show, Tiger King, was that Wow, the the uh, that industry is extraordinarily underregulated. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how is that?
5: But you you could totally see some idiot watches that, and then thinks, and, and like, then thinks, oh yeah, I'll, I'll go pet a jaguar, or a jaguar, or a jaguar, or a jaguar. He,
1: he had okay. to re- reach through the jagged wire to get to the jaguar. There. Well, there you go. Way to go, pal. Good move. Hope your hand doesn't get better. Hope you get an infection. You deserve it. Stay tuned. We're going to talk to our friend Jonathan Reinhardt, president of the Salt Lake City Stars. Uh, He's also uh, in charge of the Salt Lake Summer League. So uh, stay tuned for that. Also, uh, play of the day, 855-340-Zone, color 12. Uh, Get the play identified this morning by DJ and PK. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.